Welcome, weary travelers, to the great big universe of Excess Press. This is a weekly podcast to bring you the news of the Disney theme parks and resorts. Witness for yourselves the wonders of Excess Press. And now, let's begin. Welcome to another episode of Excess Press. My name is Matt, and I'm the host of this Disney Theme Parks News Podcast. In this episode 59, where we once again bring you another interview with a cast member. Now, on today's show, we are visited by Melissa, and she's coming from Celebration, Florida today. So another Disney local, which is kind of exciting. But yeah, she's going to be talking about her time working at the Disney College program, and then some time of her working as a, a full-time cast member after that. So, but very exciting show today we have with Melissa. So why don't we just jump right into it and begin another episode of the Excess Press Podcast. Oh, really? How's it? With- it was cold today, and it was warm yesterday, so I just, I don't... So, so cold, so cold for you, how, what's cold? Um, so I went to school in Hawaii, so my blood's thinned out pretty good. Once it hits about 70 degrees, I usually need a jacket. Oh, no kidding, really? <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Oh, wow. Where, where did you orig- originate from? Arizona. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Wow. What's, what brought you to Hawaii? Just college and the warm weather? Uh, marine biology. Oh, awesome. That's, yeah. That's really, that's that's super neat. Are you still doing that today? No, it's too, it's too difficult to get a position. Oh, no, no kidding. Really? Yeah, there's a, there's quite a few of us with marine biology degrees and we all kind of graduated within the same like 10 year time frame, I'd say. Kind of a classic case of grow up, do what you want to do, and now we're all like, um. Oh, jeez, yeah, no, yeah, it's gotta be tough. I remember back in high school, I wanted to do marine biology, but then I realized you had to be good at science, and that's just not something you're <laughs> good at. So yeah, when people ask me about it now, I mean, I should have, I had advice that I should have gone for just a bio degree. So I tell people like, don't do what I did, get a biology degree and then specialize. But you know, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> now I hear you. But cool. Well, yeah, it gets, uh, it's good to get to know a little bit, bit of your background. Um, but I kind of, yeah, so I already started recording, so uh, we'll kind of jump into it. But hey, so I am sitting down with uh, Melissa today from Celebration. So thanks for coming on the show today to talk about uh, your time working as a cast member. Yeah, I definitely had quite a few roles and, you know, not only with my CP, but just being with the company for a little over three years 
lots of stories, lots of info. That's for sure. Oh wow, that's that's awesome. I didn't real I didn't realize you were you were with the company for that long. Yeah, I was. Um, I actually finished college and came back to Florida to work at SeaWorld, but at the time SeaWorld wasn't doing so great, so my position was seasonal. Oh, Obviously, gotcha. I was gonna not have a job, so I went back to Disney. Nope, totally, totally understandable. <laughs> But cool, yeah. So I kind of want to. Um, so usually, I like I, I find out the the background like a little bit of the the cast members that come on here. But I kind of left it up to a surprise. So I'm, I'm eager to learn all about your time at the parks. Um, so since we have a lot to unpack today, why don't we just kind of kick things off? So, so you said you had started in the the college program, correct? Yes. Okay. So. Actually, you know what? I you know what? I skipped over a question I usually ask, so I'm going to backtrack just slightly. So, how did you said you were from Arizona? So, how did you kind of fall? I, I would assume you fell in love with the Disney parks at like a younger age, which made you want to work at the parks. So, what's your what's your kind of background as you, you grew up with Disney? Oh gosh, I mean, so we kind of make it a joke actually. Where I grew up in Arizona, Tucson, there's a weird school break called rodeo break in February. So if you are ever going to Disneyland in February, I can almost guarantee that 80% of the Disneyland population is from Tucson, Arizona. So everybody goes at least once a year. My family usually went around Christmas time, not always rodeo break. I've been going, you know, ever since I can remember. I don't know a time without Disney really. Oh, wow. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. That's actually similar to, cause I live in New Jersey and, there's the first week of November is kind of known as Jersey week because uh, there's there's like a big teachers convention and there people get like a few days off. Some schools get like a full week. Um, that's actually when I'm going this to Disney World this year is the first week of November because we're going with a couple. One of one of the the, the one of the people um, are one, one of them is a teacher, so it's a good time for them to, to take off. So that's it's similar to Tucson where pretty much everyone from New Jersey just kind of migrates down there so yeah working for the company every we're familiar with Jersey week because oh we that's would, right that's we right we would we're... ask people we're like hey where are you from and when you hear Jersey 10 times you're like what's going on yeah here I am explaining to you as you worked in the parks for three years but <laughs> if anyone didn't uh anyone listening to the podcast if you didn't know about Jersey week well there you go now you can avoid the first week <laughs> of November for the future so I don't know. They were always a fun bunch. I don't know if I'd avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. So you you pretty went you went pretty regularly to Disneyland um, yeah. as, as a kid. Okay. Cool. So then. So yeah. Well, let's, let's kind of move over to how you got to the Disney College program. Like, when was the first time you had learned about it? I I knew briefly about it in high school, and then, you know, my freshman year of college, I started planning out my classes and you know how I was going to graduate on time and I realized with my AP credits that I could skip a semester and still graduate on time so uh, obviously I was going to go to Disney so I applied and my sophomore year is when I went over to Disney and you know even in high school I was voted most likely to work at Disneyland I just you know threw them in for a loop and went to Disney World instead <laughs> <Big surprise. laughs> Nice. Okay, so you so you kind of you did it pretty early on, and as a sophomore. Yeah, I did it really early on. Okay, and usually I kind of ask like what what kind of made you do it during your school year because I know sometimes people don't like want to go through uh, during their their college career, but sounds like you did it because uh, you 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 knew you were going to be able to graduate on time. 
Exactly. Okay, cool. All right, so so getting to the Disney College program, like, what do you remember the process at all? Like, do you remember uh, like the three different positions that you you kind of went for? Like, how did what was your your experience like? So it was actually really funny, and I don't think I will ever forget my interview day. I was with my roommate, and in Hawaii, I didn't have a car, so bus transportation was how I got around the island. And it got to the point we were at the mall across from our, like, across the entire island from our dorms. And it was getting to the point, time frame, where it was going to get too late. Like, I, we were stuck there. So I went and found, I think it was Barnes & Noble, or, gosh, it was some bookstore, because I figured it would be the quietest store. I just found a corner to take my phone call. And I interviewed with them, and I remember them asking the typical, like, if you get custodial, would, be, would you be okay? And I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, sure, why not? But I remember I really wanted to do attractions or character attendant or even photo pass, but I didn't get that. I ended up getting custodial, which is fine. Yeah. Now, it makes sense because I feel like, yeah, not many people really want to do it. Um, but, hey, I mean, if you had fun doing it, that's, like, that's what matters. <laughs> I actually almost didn't accept when I first saw Custodial and my friends were all like, no, you're going. I was like, okay. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I mean, it's, I'm, I haven't spoken to anyone that's done it before, so I'm kind of kind of eager to hear your story and uh, your kind of take of it. So, um, You know, there, there definitely were days where <laughs> it was a little rough. Um, food and wine, I worked at Epcot, so food and wine was Yikes. a time. Yeah. Especially when the marathon used to end with the runners having a choice of beer or water at the finish line. Jeez. Oh, yeah, that was something special. I'm glad they don't do that anymore. <laughs> oh, I never, I never even knew about that. I didn't know you were able to to get some beer at the end of it. Yeah, it used to be. It used to be when the marathon was at night. Oh, they used to do it at night. There, it may have just been that one year. Oh, okay. You know, I'm not too familiar with marathons. I'm not a runner. Oh, okay. But that one year, it was that night, and you had an option of beer water. Oh, interesting. Yeah, usually it's uh, it's like very early in the morning as they, yeah, they start so the races. Now that I live here, I'm like, I thought the marathons were at night, and then I was like, oh, maybe it's just that one year. <laughs> cool. So, so what was like the what was the transition from going from Hawaii to Florida during that time? I mean. I, I know in Hawaii it's not really humid, it's just hot, and now you're going to Florida where it's super humid. So, I mean, what, was, know, what was that kind of transition for you? A lot of people make the mistake that Hawaii is not humid. It is humid. Really? Oh, well, yeah, I made the mistake I, Hawaii can vary. At times it is a little more dry, but it can also get very humid. I lived on the side of the island that was known as the rainy side, so going from that climate to Florida really wasn't too different. The only change is that Florida actually got cold, so to speak. Um, my threshold is about 70 degrees from living on the island and now continuing in Florida. But at the time, since I was really used to the Hawaiian climate, it got cold since I did a fall CP. So that was kind of the change for me. Uh, okay, gotcha. Okay, but but overall, it was a pretty pretty smooth transition. Yeah, it wasn't too rough. It's just, you know, the only downside of going to school in Hawaii is anytime you move, it is by plane. <laughs> that's true. You can't drive. You have to shove all of your belongings in a suitcase. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, I can't imagine what that's like. That's insane. Um, cool. So, so I kind of like to know, like, how did you kind of find your roommates? Was it through the, like, people, a lot, I know a lot of people did it through Facebook, or did you just kind of do luck of the draw? No, I did end up doing Facebook. I found some girls that sounded 
normal, so to speak, and we all just agreed, yeah, that's fine. We all wanted the same, you know, Patterson, two bedroom, and we just kind of went from there. Gotcha. Okay. Sounds good. Um, so cool. Let's kind of like uh, let's get into your role. So you said you were doing custodial over at Epcot. Now, was that your your main focus? Is that that's what you did the entire time? Yeah. So during my whole CP, that's all I did. I was in Future World for custodial. Oh, so you just Future World? You didn't really go anywhere else? No. So the way they have custodial now, granted, it could have changed by now, but the way they have custodial at Epcot is Future World is kind of one cast, and World Showcase is another cast. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that would make sense. So you just you you went all around Future World, like you can go yeah. east and west. Okay. Everything. I gotcha. All right. So so, tell me a bit, a little bit, like what was like an average day like? Like, did you did you work crazy hours, or did you kind of have like a, a set schedule? Like, what what were the hours like, or an average day, whatever you think you need to share for that. You know, of course, we always joke college program stands for closing program, so I did usually work closing shifts, but Epcot's really not too late of a park. The only time I'd work late is on extra magic hour nights, and I think I got off around like one, and that was once a week. So it wasn't that bad, but during the time of my CP, they were actually really short female cast members. So nine out of ten times, I was in a restroom. Oh, really? Yeah, so honestly, I didn't mind. It meant I had climate control. It was great. That's true. <laughs> Wait, do they usually have someone like stationed there all the time? So when I was doing it, depending on the area, so they had the restrooms kind of broken off into sections. Sometimes I'd be in charge of just one. Sometimes it would be two. And it would be just a matter of going back and forth between the two. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. So... Each day, were you kind of in like a section at all, or like did they give you like, okay, you're gonna be in the the land pavilion today, or they did it, they just did they just kind of move you wherever you needed to go? So on a normal day, you would go onto the computer, and it would auto generate where you're going. Um, but during busy times, <laughs> so Christmas Day, New Year's Eve, during that weird marathon, they would actually pre-assign you an area based on your work ethic oh geez okay so we all, all of us cps like to joke that if we got an area that we knew was going to be awful it meant we were a winner oh geez <laughs> so that it's yeah so pretty much they means that you're the the cream of the crop and we're gonna put you yeah. in the busiest places okay so of course i always got the worst areas <laughs> <laughs> so what, what when you say like worst areas like what like, oh, what do you what do you specify a little bit? I'm curious. So a great example, and I'm really hoping that with the construction of Guardians of the Galaxy, they fix this on, I guess it's the east side. I always get my east and west mixed up. I should know better, too, because I worked at Soren. The side with Test Track, there's only one restroom for that whole half of Future World. Just one. That's it. Because Wonders of Life Pavilion isn't always open or accessible. So you have Test Track and Mission Space feeding into one restroom, and there are rides that notoriously can get people nauseous. Oh, so I'm geez. stationed there on Christmas Day. So not only is it busy because you have two thrill rides, it was insane. And the cast member that was supposed to help me really wasn't around, unfortunately. So it was supposed to be me and another person. I don't know what happened to the other person. I took care of it. It's fine. That's that's pretty surprising. That that's the only restroom over there. There's nothing near like mouse gears or anything like that. 
It's awful. That's why as a guest now, I rarely use that restroom unless I absolutely have to. Well, that's actually, that's pretty good to know, to be honest. Uh, it's, yeah, I, I assume because, yeah, they're doing a huge change with the, um, with the Wonders of Life Pavilion now. I know that, uh, then, you know, you got the Guardians of the Galaxy and then the, the new space restaurant going on over there. So, yeah, there's tons of construction happening. So I would really hope that there's a new bathroom. So I would assume I really hope so too. <laughs> uh, cool. So, so I'm sure you had like plenty of stories from from working uh, in in Epcot. So, what were some of your like your favorite stories? So actually, there was one time that I was working. So this is before the newer restrooms over in the Land Pavilion opened. So if you've been to Disney World recently, there's the female restrooms are much larger by Sora now. But this is back when it was like five stalls, and that was it. And in that hallway, a lot of times parents will wait with kids or aunts and uncles will wait with kids that can't go on Soarin'. This little princess, oh my word, she was screaming her head off and that hallway echoes. So I was like, I gotta do something because my restroom is clean and I'm getting a headache from this. So I was like, all right, what do I got? So I tried to do stickers, nah, stickers weren't doing it. So I decided, well, I have toilet paper. And I have, you know, stickers to like tape things together. So I tried to do my best to make like a little paper crown out of toilet paper. Crying. <laughs> and the uncle actually emailed in. Turns out he was a cast member over at Tomorrowland and sent a photo along with it. And my managers ended up giving me a pin. Oh, so no kidding. So if you're big into pin trading, there, if you ever get a chance to be a custodial cast member, uh, now I'm granted they may not make these pins anymore, but they do have a few that they can give out as an award. Wow, that's super neat. I'm sure that's pretty unique to only like maybe a few people. So Yeah, I don't... I know I was the only CP in my group that got it. I don't know how often they give them out. Yeah. Wow, that's 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 really creative. I mean, yeah, you have to kind of think on your toes and at least you're you're helping out that the, the adults over there. <laughs> <laughs> and myself. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of neat. Was there any other any other stories like that? Or maybe not like that, but it's some of your favorite memories, like working in the in those parks. I mean, with Epcot, you always just have the food and wine craziness. Um, people, they come prepared. They come in outfits. There's always groups just dressed as each country. So just being in that environment was always interesting at that time of year, just to see how different people really um, took on food and wine. As far as custodial, honestly, I had... I had a relatively smooth experience with my custodial. Like, I didn't really encounter too many traumatic events, so to speak. Um, no. I know some of my fellow CPs did. <laughs> so did that one. Yeah. But I yeah. think more of my stories come from probably my recent experience. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, we could definitely move on to that in a bit. Um, so... So yeah, when I, the last kind of thing I want to know when you were working at your Disney College program is like when you weren't like working at the parks, um, like what's something that you love do like in your like that you love doing in your off time? So it's so funny. I actually had my car shipped down because I told my mom I really wanted my car for at least a semester. So we shipped it down and I had every intention of doing all of these different things. 
And it's interesting because I was raised by a banker, so I'm really good about saving money and understanding when I should and when I really shouldn't spend it. However, my roommates and a lot of my friends didn't. So in generally, my time that I wasn't working, we did go to Disney a lot just because it was free. But, you know, I wanted to do other things and just nobody else could afford it. And I'm over here like, well, I saved my money this week, so... <laughs> so you just kind of spent your time uh, going in and out of the parks. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad gig at all to spend your time in the parks. At the time, I didn't know if I was going to get into Disney free again. So I definitely didn't complain, but I was also slightly bombed a couple times when I wanted to venture a little further. No, for sure. Yeah. What? So what do you think was like your favorite park when you were visiting or when you had worked down there? When I was working during my college program, honestly, probably I'm always torn. Even to this day, I'm torn. Kind of Epcot and Animal Kingdom have always been my top two. Okay. Even back then, they were the top two. Is there any specific reason at all? or? Well, Epcot, just because, I mean, I work there, so it's kind of like my home park now. <laughs> yeah. But then Animal Kingdom, just because I did actually go to school for marine biology. So just the animal science aspect, the environmentalism of it, and just... I just love the atmosphere. I can go to Animal Kingdom and walk along the animal trails and... I don't need to do a single ride or see a single show and still have a great day. Yep. Nope. Can't, can't argue there. I absolutely love animal kingdom. It's my, definitely my favorite right now. It's yeah. Very immersive and just gorgeous park. I love it. It really is. Yeah. Uh, cool. So, so you're saying you had a lot of stories outside of the, the Disney college program. So did you want to kind of move on to that next? Yeah, uh, sure. Let's do it. Cool. So, so after that, you I assume you went back to Hawaii and finished out your college career, right? Yes, I did. I did graduate. Okay. And then, so how many years later was it that kind of brought you back to Florida? And what was it that brought you back there exactly? So it was about six months after graduation. And at this point, I had applied to at least 100 positions with my marine biology degree. Unfortunately, I'm one of the many that it's there's just too many of us for jobs, so to speak. But I saw SeaWorld was hiring, so I went ahead and applied for their educator position. And at the time, SeaWorld wasn't doing well. Um, I'm not going to name the documentary because I'm really not a fan of it. Oh, geez, there was yeah. a particular documentary, or should I, you know, yeah. propaganda is what I like to call it. That unfortunately, they weren't doing well, so the position I picked up was only seasonal for six months. So about six months after college, I came down here because I did have the educator role. And once that six months was up, I was like, well, I can't just sit here doing nothing in Florida. At the time, none of my family had moved out here yet. So I was like, okay. So I went back to Disney. And What it year was, was this? Sorry. Um, oh, gosh. 2014 still. 2014, 2015. Okay. Sorry, continue. I just wanted to kind of get like a, a range of time. Yeah, I think 20... 2014 I started at SeaWorld, 2015 was when I started back at Disney. Gotcha, okay. Sometimes I forget how long I've been in Florida, honestly. <laughs> um, so I went back to Disney and the interview was actually really interesting. I went in and she's like, okay, I saw you did a CP, great, great, great. And she just like pulled up a list of options. She's like, what would you like? And I'm like, um, you're not going to interview me? 
<laughs> so it was a little bizarre. Uh, I picked Rock Creation. It sounded interesting um, out of the other options. I just kind of went with it. I was like, yeah, sure, by the water. All right. So I started back in recreation and you know i'm thankful i did because it actually allowed me to get full-time really fast i got it within a couple months which was great oh wow that's yeah that's really good but recreation is hard so when you are doing recreation as far as the marinas disney doesn't rent a ton of boats on an average day so there's just a lot of time to kill and cleaning boats and it's, it's just it's not the easiest of positions. I definitely got some arm strength while I was there. <laughs> I stayed in recreation for eight months. As soon as I could transfer, I was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> it was not for me. How, how long did you have to like wait the transfer? Did you put in something right away and they just kind of wait to get back to you? I put in as soon as I could. <laughs> <laughs> it was not the role for me. Um, it was just, it was too slow paced, but also there was a lot of physical requirements just because starting the boats up and cleaning them, it was just a lot in the hot sun and I was like, I'm done. Yeah. So was there anything like memorable about that position or any anything that was unique to that position that you can kind of talk about? Because I actually had a really funny moment during it. So I, for the most part, was at Fort Wilderness during this. And there's real alligators. There's real snakes. It's Florida. But the dock that we had the boats that we shared with transportation and i still can't believe i said this sometimes there was a lady on the transportation boat and there's a small alligator swimming around and she goes is that thing real and i just without a missing a beat i said no it's totally an animatronic just without thinking and, <laughs> you know my coworkers are looking at me we're all cracking up this lady looked like she wanted to you know murder me or something but it was really funny at the time <laughs> Yeah, I, I, some people just, uh, I guess, don't understand sarcasm at all. Um, well, it's not even sarcasm. It's just a lot of people don't want to believe that Disney is still real life to a degree. Like, yes, there are alligators. Yes, it rains. Yes, there's snakes. You know, it's not... There's no bubble. And people really, truly believe there's a bubble. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. Cool. All right, so so was there um, anything else that you wanted to kind of talk about that? Otherwise, uh, I kind of want to hear where you transferred to next. So recreation, it was, like I said, it was pretty short-lived. I was ready to move on out of there. And, you know, at the, you know, I'm still trying to find my way into something animal-related. So when I put in my transfers, it was for every single Animal Kingdom attraction I could do. And luckily enough, I actually ended up with Kilimanjaro Safaris. So that was my transfer. Still full time. So I went over there after about eight months in recreation. And that was, you know, at the time kind of a dream role to hopefully move more so into the animal science side of Disney. Gotcha. Okay. So... So when you were working the Kilimanjaro Safaris, were you able to like make those connections at all over there? To a degree, yes. But even even within the Disney community, it's hard to get into animal science. It is not easy. I applied to numerous things. I had interviews and just nothing was happening. And after a while, it gets to you. And it's just something that you have to take a moment, 
and sit back and realize, is this something that I'm going to realistically be able to do before I'm like 50? And, you know, I kept thinking to myself, no. So I just, I continued with safaris and then I was like, all right, I know that I have to do something more than just driving this truck in a circle. As much as I love talking about the animals, it takes a toll on your back. Those seats are bumpy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> but I mean, my time at Safari was overall great though. I mean, the animals are amazing and just, we have access to so much information through the Disney cast member site for animals. And as long as it was within the like web domain, we were allowed to talk about it. So it's kind of a beautiful thing that if you learn something, you could use it. You really have free will to a degree, of course. It had to be improved information. So when you know we say no, two safaris are the same. It's not just because of the animals. It's also because of the driver. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. I remember we actually my very first customer interview, uh, he was a safari driver as well. And he was kind of saying how uh, I, I guess they had to know at least like 10 facts like per animal at least like try to try to maybe not at least 10 but like at, at least know at least two to three but like try to know up to 10 for each animal is that kind of what you were you were doing as well or how, how did you so, go about it um so with me I, I don't want to brag but it was a little bit easier for me just because I came from an animal background oh. i came from May, you know, well that makes sense i don't think you have to brag it just absolutely <laughs> makes sense <laughs> well, I, mean, I came from an educator background at SeaWorld, so i was used to being on a microphone like i sing in my car so i was used to multitasking on the truck and you know during my training when it was time for my first round a lot of trainees the trainer will do the have them just drive around while the trainer spiels or they'll flip-flop for me my trainer was like you ready and i was like Sure. So I just did everything at once my first go around. But as far as animal facts, two to three is about right. Um, I didn't really, my trainer never really emphasized learning a max for me just because it's something I, she knew I'd pick it up on my own. Gotcha. Okay. So while working on the safari, what, any memorable moments at all? Like what were some of your favorite memories while you did, while you did that? <laughs> there's there's so many um, <laughs> go for well, it <laughs> you know I'm not sure if you're familiar with some of the animals at safari but they did have a baby elephant about two years ago her name is Stella so I was there actually when she debuted oh nice okay and you know some of us knew that it was going to happen we just didn't know when because there's so many steps that it takes for, you know, those animals. They, they have to make sure they're going to be safe, of course. It's an AZA accredited facility that's American Zoos and Association. So it's basically like they're Disney's top notch is what it means. So we knew she existed. We just didn't know when we were going to see her. They didn't announce it to us. The only way I knew is I came in for my shift that day and it started just a little bit after park opening. So, you know, while I'm waiting for a truck i'm just checking my phone doing whatever and i see that disney posted this video of a baby elephant on the savannah and we <laughs> out none of us knew she came out um a lot quicker than we actually expected so that was exciting for us to see her even smaller than what we would have anticipated seeing her at 
And you know, my first round, it was so funny. My first round that I actually saw her, I, I had a trainer and his trainee um, in the back of my truck and I completely went unprofessional. I was just like, look at her, look at how cute she is. <laughs> apparently he was like secretly taking photos. So it was fine. <laughs> that's awesome. Professionalism throughout the window that round. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's gotta be really awesome seeing the, the little baby elephant. Um, well, then you just get a chance to see them grow up too, because you're going round after round. That's true, yeah. Yeah. Did, did the did the baby elephant? Did they only stay in the safari, or were they in else in other parts of the park? Uh, the elephants, they you well, there's actually two ways you can see them now. So Kilimanjaro safaris is one way, but there is another way. It's called caring for giants. It is a tour that you do generally need to book in advance. Sometimes they have openings day of. Their little kiosk is right in front of the Kilimanjaro Safari entrance. It's only $30, and that $30 is a 100% donation to elephant conservation. So that is another way that you can see them. You're out. So when you see the elephants on safari, pay attention next time, because just across the way, there's a little pathway, and that's where Caring for Giants is, and you stay there for an hour. Yeah, that's super neat. I definitely want to do that um, on one of my upcoming trips. Cause I've, I mentioned on the show a lot. I'm not going to mention it uh, very long here. But yeah, I'm doing the Up Close with Rhinos tour, uh, my next trip, which I'm super excited about. Cause that's, I haven't done that one yet. I need to. Yeah, it, it started last year, but I know that Caring for Giants have been around for um, for a pretty long time now. So. Yeah, it's been, I think, a couple years. Because I know it started when I was still a driver. Oh, really? Oh, okay. I feel like it's been like, around a while. But you, you would know. <laughs> I don't know. Time flies. Like I said, sometimes I forget I've been in Florida for so long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. So was there was there anything, because um, we're kind of winding down a bit on time here. Uh, we probably have about like 10, 15 minutes left. But was there anything about the, because the, you, you moved on to another position after Kilimanjaro Safari, as you said, right? Yes, I did. I went to Soren. Okay, so so was there anything you kind of want to wrap up with uh, Kilimanjaro Safaris, and we'll we'll head over to Soren. I mean, Safari. It was just there was so many moments. I could probably just do a whole entire episode on the stories I have with Safari. So I don't want to take up too much time with it. Okay, so well maybe uh, you can come back another episode, and then if you have just tons of stories if you if you want to if you want to go through those we absolutely could so oh, yeah there's so many <laughs> all right cool so yeah we could do that so so was there one last story that you wanted to mention from it at all or you just want to move on to sword hey, let's just move on otherwise i know i'm gonna get caught up in like five memories at once <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah so let's uh so how did you kind of get transfer over to the position for sword so at the time when I was at Safari, my back was starting to hurt. And honestly, my mental health was just, it was deteriorating after the numerous interviews for animal science, not getting anything, constantly seeing the animals. It was almost like a painful reminder that I wasn't where I wanted to be. So I was like, all right, let me take a step back. I really enjoyed working at Epcot. Let me go try attractions there. So I got Soren, I moved over there and I actually ended up being a trainer surprisingly fast i worked at soren for six months and they made me trainer so you know the leadership there and just the people in charge so to speak definitely recognized i had potential which was really great at the time so i became a trainer really fast and just soren's a fun ride to work yeah i mean it's definitely one of my favorite rides but i mean what made it fun for you to to work 
There's definitely still a good amount of guest interaction, but the nice thing is there's a few positions that you also kind of get downtime in the day, and that was something I didn't have at Safari. So there's a position inside the theater, and you, it's just nice to just kind of have that moment to yourself sometimes, especially, you know, when the park, you're seeing thousands of people every day, so sometimes you just need a break. <laughs> and Soren definitely offered that break. Gotcha. And at least you're you're in the air conditioning as well, so that definitely helps out. Sometimes. I swear the air conditioning in one side of the building worked better than the other side of the building, <laughs> and those sleeves are not helping anybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. So so what um what I mean, what was some stories coming out of Soren? Like what like what was like an average day working over at Soren like? You know, it's every day was for the most part very similar until I did become a trainer. You just kinda you're just loading and going, loading and going, and for the most part, time would just kind of go by and then you'd be done with your day. It was just kind of day after day, so it was very, almost like a factory-like, just loading and going and getting people up in the air and people love soaring. Uh, I mean, for the most part, the only thing that really sticks out is just the amount of people that love soaring and they always ask for B1. But what's interesting is now that I've worked the attraction, B1 is not where the ride was designed from. It was actually B2. So give I don't know the background of B1 and B2. I mean, I assume those are the loading, uh, what do they call them? The loading zones? Or? Yeah. So there's when you, so B is kind of the center of the screen. A and C are on the left and right side. So a lot of people especially Disney fanatics, they always come down and they're just like, B1! Because that's the center top row, so that will get you the highest. Gotcha, okay. So, so you said there was, what do you mean? Because you had mentioned that the ride was created in B1? What, what did you mean by that? So when Soren was created, the, because it's a screen ride, um, the point of focus is that B carriage to so that center section, but row two, so middle height. Okay, so pretty much B2 is the best row to have, is what you're saying. However, a lot of people don't like having a row above them because they swear they only focus on people's shoes when they ride. Oh, okay. So that's why so many people request that top highest row, so that way they're not looking at anybody's feet dangling. But B2 is the true center. That's where you're going to get the most focus and clarity on the ride. Interesting. So do... So I don't know if I've ever ridden B1 or B2 because I feel like I I love the ride, but I feel like I don't ever have, like, the best row. Um, so do cast members get, like, is it like a pet peeve of theirs when people ask for those rows or do they not really care? It can be if you're rude to us. So if you come down and I ask you how many is in your party and, you know, the response automatically is B1. That doesn't help me. That's only going to irritate me. And it irritates the cast members that are still working there. If a guest comes up and is just like, B1, B1. I'm like, well, you're not telling me how many. I need more information. Yeah. But if you come up and you're like, hey, there's, you know, six of us. If possible, can we get B1? That's completely fine. Just have your manners. Yeah. No, agreed. Agreed. Um, so, yeah, hopefully you put those people in C3. So hopefully you do that. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine yeah yeah they don't know the difference whatever it's fine uh, when they get off the ride they usually do <laughs> <laughs> so so you said you um 
you kind of switch to a, a trainer position. So, like, I mean, I like what did that exactly entail? I mean, I know you had to train people, but it wasn't managing people at all. It was just like just letting them know how to work the ride and stuff like that. So it's actually interesting because being a Disney trainer is almost like a pre-pre-management position because, you know, we would be so on a day where I wasn't training, I would still wear my trainer pin. And if there wasn't any type of leadership around and something was happening, cast would usually come to me. Gotcha. Okay. So if there was a situation where a child got down to the loading area and they're not tall enough, they would usually come find me to talk to the guest. Or if there was a guest that was getting too nervous to ride, they would usually find me. So being a Disney trainer, I'd say, is almost like a pre-pre-management. There's just a lot put on the shoulders of a trainer. Oh, well, I mean, hopefully it wasn't too stressful for you, even not having the like that that leadership title. But I mean, how did that work out for you? I mean, did you enjoy that at least? I generally did, but it definitely got to a point and, you know, I've, I've talked to a few people that I used to be cast members with and there's been a change in guest behavior, especially the last couple of years. And it just got to the point to where I couldn't do it. That's why I ended up leaving the company. It's not that I don't love Disney. I'm an annual pass holder. I go almost every week. So that's not what it is at all. I just, I couldn't do the crowds anymore and I couldn't handle the stress. So I decided I had to go. Huh. That's it. That's, uh, it's pretty interesting. I mean, yeah, it's, it's definitely got to take a toll. I mean, dealing, dealing with guests every single day. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I've worked retail for, well, I used to work retail for a very long time and it's definitely not easy. I mean, and I can't imagine what it's like on your scale. You're dealing with thousands and thousands of people a day, I, I assume. Um, but okay, so pretty much after Soren and being the tr- uh, the trainer, you decided to leave to leave Disney. Yeah, it was it was time. My mental health was really just going downhill, like it was at Safari, and you just kind of hit that moment to where no matter what role, it's probably going to end up being the same way, just because. You're just dealing with so many people. And I I feel I am a people person, but I can only go so far. When I'm constantly dealing with aggressive people, I, I just break down. And that's what was happening is, like I said, I don't know what's going on. Within the past couple of years, I was noticing more and more aggressive guests. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't. Hmm. Yeah, I... I can't imagine what it might be. Well, I mean, I, I I feel like maybe social media has a little bit to do with it. People might feel entitled a little bit uh, when they go to Disney parks. Definitely. Sometimes people, you know, will post on social media various tips and tricks and then things change, rules change, and people get upset. And yeah. you know, it gets to the point where there's only so much a cast member can do and then the guest gets more and more frustrated. Or, you know, they're frustrated at something else and that frustration just ends up being dumped on the cast member directly in front of them. Yeah, no, that's, that's, yeah, it's very sad that that happens and it's not right for people to treat uh, cast members that way. So if anyone listening out there, make sure you guys treat your cast members well. That's all I have to say. Especially during holidays and busy season. Ooh, yes, yes. 
Yeah, I, I, I'll never, I will, I don't think I'll ever go Christmas week. I just said on my last, epi my last episode, I'm never gonna go spring break. I'm gonna avoid that, like the plague, if, if whatever I have to do. You know what's funny though? Spring break has become just all of March and April. <laughs> Has it? I know the... Yeah, so many schools have different spring breaks. Even just going right now as a guest, I'm like, what is happening? Because <laughs> it's just always been crowded this month. And then, well, I guess March, it's now April. And I'm sure April will be the same way. Oh, yeah, for sure. I've gone the past couple of years, the first week of March, and it's actually been great because it's like, I think it's right before the spring break, but it's, pro it's probably going to get worse. So Spring breakers this year started like the last week of February. It was crazy. Ah, jeez, that's nuts. But cool. So, all right. So we're kind of uh, running out of time here. But was there any any lasting like last things you kind of want to mention about any about your time working at the parks, or if you had advice for anyone that maybe wants to work at the Disney parks? Yeah, I mean Disney overall, it is a great company, and there is room to move, but. I definitely feel like not enough people know entirely what they're signing up for. Like it, it is a job. So if you're planning on doing the college program or you're planning on moving to Florida after school because you want to work for Disney, definitely understand it is a job. There are going to be long hours. It is going to be stressful. And if you're in a position like me where maybe you do have anxiety or your mental health isn't exactly stellar, it might not be the right fit for you at the time. It, it's a lot. It's not easy being a cast member in many situations. No, I, yeah, I could definitely understand that. It's mental health is always the, the number one priority. And I think you probably made the, the right move to, to do what you had to do. And hopefully you're, you're in a good place now. So, um, but yeah, so, but I mean, thanks for, thanks for coming on the show, but I do have, um, my, my last question for for you, which is kind of always how I end every show. Um, but I want to know, like, what is your favorite Disney Parks background music? Because I always like to play it uh, during the interview. So I'm kind of curious, what's what, what's something that you you love? What's it the in, Innoventions maybe over in Epcot or the, the Soarin' uh, queue or what was it? So I actually thought about this one for a little while because there are definitely other background music I like more but there's this one background song it's at Disney Springs and I don't know why but every single time I've been to Disney Springs lately I've been just hearing it it's like this weird drum beat I don't even know how to describe it and it just it plays in my head at night because every single time I'm there I hear it <laughs> Yeah, I remember, I don't listen to the Disney Springs loop that often, but I remember I downloaded it because I was like, oh, I've never really heard it. And there's some funky music in the, <laughs> the loop. Is. So I assume that's that's what you're talking about. Probably. I yeah. don't know how to describe it. It's weird. Yeah, I. It's very. it's very strange. I think I've played it once on the podcast many episodes ago, and I was like, this is this is weird i'm not but i will play it for you um i'll, I'll make sure to to kind of because it is it's it's very strange it kind of reminds me of uh like kind of like a star wars cantina a little bit just like this funky yeah. music playing um, it's just weird and i don't i just every single time i go it's the same part of a loop <laughs> yeah yeah i'll definitely uh, i'll definitely make sure to play that so but melissa thank you so much for coming on the show today i hope you had a, a bit of fun yeah, it was great. 
yeah and we'll definitely have to have you on again in the future so definitely lots yeah. of great memories <laughs> for sure yeah before we get out of here was there anything you want to you want to plug uh, yeah, so, you know, even though I don't work for Disney, I'm still a pass holder. I go all the time. So if you want to check out my current Disney adventures, my Instagram is always underscore holiday with two L's. So H-O-L-L-I-D-A-Y. So check it out. I usually try to post at least once a day. Sometimes I use old photos. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's totally cool. But yeah, so definitely check out her Instagram and I'll make sure to link it in the show notes so you guys can easily find it. But all right, Melissa, thank you again so much for coming to the show. But why don't we uh, why don't we get out of here? All right, sounds good. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Melissa, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was certainly a lot of fun chatting with you, learning about your time working over in Future World and then at the Safari and then over in Soren, which is one of my favorite rides. But but guys, that is going to wrap it up for another episode. If you are not visiting us at excesspresspodcast.com, make sure you guys are doing so. We are posting a lot of articles over there. Uh, we actually just put up a review for Dumbo a few days ago, so make sure you are checking that out. Uh, and all the latest news, we are really busting out some new articles out there. So uh, Dave and Giovanni are doing a really great job. And now we have uh, Nikki. She is uh, our newest cast or not get cast member she is our, the newest member of the excess press team she is going to be doing food and beverage uh blogging for us she's going to be talking about all the new treats and stuff that are coming to the disney park so be on the lookout for that but uh yeah if you guys aren't subscribing to us yet make sure you're doing so on apple Podcasts, anchor google Podcasts, spotify stitcher or however you listen to podcasts and make sure you're following us on social media you can find us at excess press podcast on instagram Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, and then if you guys can, please leave us a review. It'll really help out the podcast. You could do that over our Apple Podcasts. Uh, that would be phenomenal. But um, all right, guys, thanks for tuning in this week and for your support of the show. This is Matt from the Excess Press Podcast signing off. Until next time, travelers. We hope to see you next week. And remember to seize the future with excess. Bon voyage.